Welcome to Business Unmuted, sponsored by Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers. Check out its websites at uh, virtuemotors.com. I'm Graham Robb and I've owned Recognition PR for nearly 35 years. We've got 75 clients in multiple sectors braced across the UK and they have between them a turnover of around £6 billion and employ 30,000 staff. So we're at the front line of the business community and perfectly placed to discuss things that are going on. Today we're talking about energy and we're talking to various energy specialists in the studio with Alex Hunter, Chief Executive Officer of Sherwood Power, which reduces business energy costs by storing renewable energy to use during expensive periods. It's new technology, we'll find out more. Down the line, we have Lawrence Beardmore, who is the President of the York and North Yorkshire Chamber of Commerce. He operates his own business, York Coffee Emporium, and is involved in the business energy, particularly in the hospitality sector. And we have Andrew Donald, a senior business development manager at PowerStar, which designs and manufactures a range of technologies, including battery energy storage with site-wide uninterruptible power supply capabilities. And we start with John Harper, who's business development manager at Inspired PLC, and that helps businesses in energy procurement, energy efficiency, and preparing for a low carbon future. Now, before we hear from them, we're going to hear about uh, how the energy supply chain businesses of the north of England should respond to energy transition to net zero. And let's talk to Joanne Leng of NOF. I think when we, we look at energy transition, I think what we've got to, got to appreciate is this is a just and timely energy transition, so things are not going to change overnight. I think the oil and gas industry is going to be um, in demand for the foreseeable future in terms of the, their requirements for products and services. Uh, they are looking to decarbonize their, their offshore operations through electrification, for example. There's going to be opportunities in that area. But I think at the same time, we as an industry and a supply chain need to embrace what's happening in offshore wind, in hydrogen, in CCS and in nuclear because we have the skills, the capabilities, the people here in Northeast England to be able to take advantage of all of these opportunities, which are going to be coming our way as a result of energy transition in this journey to net zero. Joanne Leng there, and there are lots of opportunities as energy transitions to net zero, but at the moment, there's lots of costs. Let's talk to Andrew Harper. Andrew, you work with Inspired PLC. What is happening in the market at the moment for energy for business. I know there's a new a new uh, scheme from the government starting in a few weeks time. What What is your uh, overall assessment? Um, good afternoon, thanks for, for having me. I think um, first of all it, it's understandable for uh, for most businesses to be confused by the, um, the energy bills discount scheme. Uh, certainly those who aren't involved in energy purchasing and risk management um, one of my customers labeling the support uh, clear as mud. Um, before we dive into the, the what and the how of the support, um, I think it's important that the viewers and listeners understand that the, the pence per kilowatt hour unit rate that they see on the uh, on their invoice is made up of, of multiple different components. Uh, simply put, these are categorized into the wholesale cost, the actual commodity of electricity and gas, and third-party costs, which is everything else, such as uh, as distribution, transmission, government levies, etc. Um, uh, effectively, UK Gov will provide support for uh, new energy contracts placed from the first of December 
onwards on any day in which the, the market wholesale price reaches a certain threshold. Um, for, for, for general businesses, this is at 30.2 pence per kilowatt hour for electricity and 10.7 pence per kilowatt hour for gas. Any contracts placed in which the wholesale elements are, are above these thresholds, discount will be applied down to these levels, subject to a, to, to a maximum discount. Uh, it's worth worth noting that for general businesses, these discounts will be automatically applied by suppliers. It's fascinating to hear you explain that, Elad. So, uh, I summarised the date, by the way, was the 1st of December 2021. So, is that's right. It captures no, all... So 1st of December 22, sorry. All right. Okay. I, I just, I've got the government website, so that's a little lacking in clarity uh, in, apply, uh, in when it applies. So, it's, it's, it, it is only for new contracts signed since Christmas, effectively. Uh, the, the new scheme, yes. The, uh, new, the scheme. new scheme was announced, I believe, uh, 9th of January. Okay. So um, it goes on, this support, for how long? Uh, I, I believe that is for um, 12 months. 12 months. Now, the, the scheme, I suppose, is trying to guess the market, because if, if the market does change, um, and the energy price comes in below those numbers of 30 uh, pence and 10 pence, then presumably the scheme doesn't cost the government any money. Do you think there's any chance that that would happen? I believe it already has. Um, the, the main issue we see with this support scheme is, uh, is its effectiveness. Um, as markets now are falling to pre-Ukraine invasion levels, um, the threshold necessary for general businesses to receive support is too high. Mm. Um, I, uh, I did some analysis this morning on uh, on wholesale costs for uh, for electricity in this example for for twelve month contracts, um, and looking at the market since the first of December. In the twenty eight days since the scheme was announced, the market has not breached. The threshold for wow. general business support. That is amazing. I, I know the, the scheme is quite a lot more than the contract I signed for my small business in like two years ago. I got a four-year contract, I think it was 19 pence or something, so I was, quite, I was quite pleased about that. But it is the number is much less than the quoted prices in September, say. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think since, um, since the, the market peak around September last year, um, we, we have seen a slow and steady falling of prices. Um, we are now today um, at the equivalent of, uh, of January uh, 2022. Mm. Um, in, in retrospect, the, the, the market was incredibly stable for, for, for 10, 15 years prior to 2021 uh, with, with businesses on fixed contracts generally accepting a, a plus minus 10, 15% year change. Um, now, now that we see continued market volatility, um, the historical uh, fixed contract going out to receive prices, uh, effectively agreeing 100% of your, your next year, two years worth of volume in, in one decision, in one day in the market, um, can be considered incredibly risky. Uh, our advice where possible would be to, to, to consider a risk managed approach splitting that one decision into 10, 20, 50 smaller decisions, more considered purchases and spreading the risk over a longer time scale. Going back to the scheme, uh, 
The scheme also has a second tier for the energy and trade intensive industries, the ETII. And there's a long yes. list, there it is, folks, a long list of energy uh, industries that get further help. Um, and they do tend to be manufacturing and extractive industries, uh, although perversely, uh, museums are on there, um, presumably because they power dehumidifiers to keep exhibits uh, uh, in the right humidity and so on, and zoos. But retail isn't, and hospitality isn't, uh, and uh, the, 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 even social businesses like care homes or nursery schools aren't on, uh, because they don't necessarily use the kind of intensive energy that the manufacturers do, but nevertheless, they will feel, won't they, that the, their energy is non-optional. You can't not heat a nursing home. You can't not heat a, a nursery school. I was in a restaurant. I won't name the restaurant. It was in near Leeds the other day, and I had to eat a meal with a coat on because the heating was being was depressed uh, for, for energy cost reasons. So uh, there are arguments that the scheme isn't doesn't have enough breadth as well as enough uh, in, in, in enough uh, uh, scale. Yeah, um, and for energy and trade uh, intensive industries, the the thresholds are are, are lower for, for for support, and the uh, the uh, maximum discounts available are, are much larger. Um, it, important to note for uh, for any viewers listening that uh, that are energy trade intensive industries, um, you uh, you must apply for that for the higher level of support as well. Um, typically, when when we consider energy intensive industries. Um, that there are various schemes of, available to them, and the, uh, the the qualifying criteria is very much based on, um, I, I suppose, energy cost as as a relative to to turnover. So, uh, for example, those businesses where energy costs are a much higher percentage um, of turnover. Um, your, your forgeries, for example, mm. um, and that is usually the the stress test for an inten energy intensive industry. Forges are absolutely, and we've got them in Teesside, the steel industry. They are very, very energy intensive. Now, uh, let's talk very briefly before we move on to our other guests about the kind of job you do, because you're not a broker as such. You're an advisor. I know brokers have had a real hard time in the media this weekend because of the way their fees aren't transparent. But you don't operate like that, do you? You give people advice on how to negotiate their contracts. Tell us about how it works with you. Exactly. So I, I think, um, as I alluded to earlier as well, um, the way that we are um, purchasing energy, we, we are being forced to to, to review alternatives. Um, so under Inspired, as opposed to a, you know, compare the market brokerage style um, service, uh, instead we favour market tracking, um, that the timing of any um, contract renewal we believe it is vastly more important than you know a, a spread of offers that the difference in the market certainly over the past 12 years uh, sorry 12 months uh, week to week can be as high as 30 40 percent difference so timing is key for, uh, for, for for fixed energy procurement outside of that we also run uh, risk management um, services for, uh, for for customers, so effectively buying smaller amounts of their required energy over time, uh, as opposed to that, uh, that that fixed contracting service. All right. Um, 
So I think I've picked that up. So the man in the pub question would be, well, how long should I, what should the price be and how long should I contract for? And on the how long of the, the should I contract for, the answer is keep it short and sweet, yeah? Um, I think that is entirely dependent on the business's appetite for risk. Mm. Um, it, I consider um, risk as Proper as a advisors skill. answer that, I think. Proper advisors answer. <laughs> you don't mind to say, come on, what do you think? Um, well, personally, we're, we're in a falling market uh, and have been for the past few months. Um, prices seem to slowly be, be going downwards. I, I think um, if you look at where pricing is at uh, compared to historical trends, we are still um, at, a, at a vastly inflated rate. I wouldn't personally be comfortable with um, with locking in a long-term contract. Okay. That's a great answer. That's a great look, John. Come back in if you need to a little later. Thanks very much for starting us off, Lawrence. You're in. You're involved in the Chamber of Commerce in York and North Yorkshire, but of course you also run a hospitality business, don't you? Tell us about your business and how it relates to energy costs. Picking up on what John has said. Yeah. So we, we, I, I run a, a coffee roasting business, so we're quite gas intensive. Um, and, and, uh, and you're not we, on this list you, for high intensive. I don't see no. coffee roasting there. No, we're we're, sort of, we're we're a manufacturer in a way, but we're 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 not we're not on the list. So, um, you know, we've adapted how we're using the roasters to try and make to try and make them more efficient. But um, but across the region, you know, York and North Yorkshire, the region, there's obviously it's a very diverse economy, and there's an awful lot of hospitality-based industries. So I'm a sort of hospitality support industry in a way. Um, and North Yorkshire, we're seeing a lot of pubs closing down and not opening because they're they 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 they're getting huge quotes for for energy um not just heating the place but cooking um so they closed down for january they may be continuing that into february hoping that the prices can come down and it, it does seem that there's a variation that, that that in parts of parts of north yorkshire and across the coast there are certain suppliers that that will only supply there so there's a there's restricted competition and some of our members are being quoted 40 50 60 pence per kilowatt for for, for electric and and 40p for gas which is you know it's just huge it's a huge so whilst whilst wholesale prices are coming down that is not yet flowing through to our members um which is a, you know a huge issue john what should what should lawrence's members do when they see a lack of competition if you can bring john back in from inspired um, I, I think, first of all, um, in, increasing uh, the energy resilience. Um, so, so trying uh, to self-generate as much energy as they can to um, increase their, their energy efficiency where, where, where possible um, at, at site, uh, effectively reducing your reliance on what is a volatile purchased commodity. It's a good answer. Um, and it, I tell you what, you've given me a great segue to our other two guests. Stay there, Lawrence. I'll come back to you. Andrew, now your, you. your, your, your business is supplying to maybe larger firms than Lawrence's, but tell us about the batteries that you're able to supply now and what kind of places they go and what kind of costs they bring in. I, th I think um, the interesting thing about batteries, of course, is the problem with energy is 
you can't store it. So all the renewable sources we're getting for solar and wind is fantastic, but if it's not sunny and the wind isn't blowing, you can't keep it anywhere. So that's the problem we have. So being able to store energy on your own site is a massive benefit. And as you, I think you're quite right, it's, it's really important in terms of the scale of a business. So for instance, a local pub or a hospitality business probably wouldn't be looking at a battery at this stage, although there are opportunities. So I think using that battery as a tactical way of measuring and looking after and storing your energy is, is a really important piece. And I'm sure Alex will talk to that as well. What, what I wanted to just, just to jump on very quickly, please, and, and, and shoot me down, Graham, if you want, is about what can businesses do today? Um, it's it's tough. It's really tough out there. I went to Factory Expo uh, a couple of months ago and spoke there. And, and everyone talks about the energy trilemma. So that's basically the cost of your energy. It's the security of your supply. And then it's also the carbon impact as well. And perhaps three or four years ago, we were really concentrating on carbon. Um, security supply now is an issue. What happens if, if I don't have any energy? And a battery can solve that. Um, but also the cost of energy is the biggest piece. And businesses are saying, yeah, I want to invest. I want to be greener but it's this cost thing that's really uh, really hurting me so i think it's 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 almost obvious from what john was talking about the one piece of advice i'd give to anyone listening or watching here is take advice we take advice in businesses where things are too complicated we don't have the skill inside our organization like perhaps accountancy or lawyers and stuff energy is becoming so difficult at the moment the one thing i get people to do is is to take some advice on it the second thing which i think is really key is start to measure your energy you've got to know where it's going and what we're doing four or five years ago energy was just a price uh, in your in your in your spreadsheet thousand pounds a month or whatever if I spend a pound more than that, that's bad. It's good. We've now gone way past that. Do you know where your energy is going? Do you know what's spending it? Do you know if the efficiency of your organization? So in the very same way, you'd have things going on in your house at the moment. So you've got, you know, you've got a, a measure and you can tell whether the kids have left all the lights on or you want to run your dishwasher at 35 degrees instead of 50. These are all considerations we have to think about in our business. So in this net zero journey, which involves reducing the cost of our energy, we have to have a plan. And that plan starts with measurement. So that's the, that's the key thing, I'd say. I would also then say uh, using a battery behind that is a really good way of reducing costs. However, there is a cost element involved in that. But with a lot of the technologies that reduce your energy uses, like heat pumps and CHPs and, and batteries and electric vehicle charging, all those type of things which are really key to organizations, there are opportunities to have those financed by organizations as well. And a lot of the people who are selling those uh, solutions will actually have a finance option behind it. So instead of it being a capital project at the moment, which is really difficult because, you know, I'm trying to keep the doors open. If we then look at it as an operational cost, perhaps it then becomes a little bit easier. So it's a very, very energy. important point. Now, you're, I'm, I'm just you, you, you uh, we met at the Make UK conference yes. before Christmas, you and I, uh, Andrew. And by the way, you got me into batteries big time. Um, now, your batteries are industrial scale, million pound, yep. big, big, big bits of kit. Um, but you did say you get you came out and you said look with battery storage you're looking to pay a thousand pounds a kilowatt at the most. Yes. So I went to the market for my house and I I did two things. First of all, I didn't know how many kilowatts I'd used. My electricity supplier said they were basing my standing order on uh, eleven thousand kilowatts. I found out I'd used six thousand. So that was quite interesting. And now I, I bought a battery which is for five kilowatts. 
and it's charged by my solar panels. Even in these winter days, it's actually getting charged and I'm putting a couple of kilowatts into my system a day as a result of that battery where it would have been wasted because I'm at home when the sun's shining. I'm at work when the sun's shining and I'm at home in the evening. So the battery is making it work. So thanks for your advice. Absolutely. And, and that advice goes to every single size of business. So you're quite right. There are, you know, smaller batteries available, which will help small businesses as well. But that, but that key, key part of using your energy tactically, i.e. taking the sun during the day when perhaps you may not be open and then keeping it for later on in the evening when you need the energy, when you're using your cooking utensils, when you've got the heating on and stuff, that's the tactical thing that a battery allows you to do. So absolutely consider it. The, the point you just touched on then, of course, is really key. Every single piece of energy you can generate yourself, whether it be wind or solar or um, an exercise bike under the desk, that is one piece of energy you're not taking off the grid. So it's improving your security, it's reducing your costs, it's improving your green credentials as well, which is really key nowadays as well. So generate as much as you can, make sure you're measuring every single thing you do, uh, and as I said, I'll come back to it. Take take some advice. All right, let, let's look to the future. We've got Alex Hunter. He's come to the studio and he runs Sherwood Power. Alex, brilliant firm with lots of innovation. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so mo most of the time when people talk about energy storage, they talk about uh, chemical batteries, um, which have a, a cradle-to-grave uh, cycle as well. Uh, we do our storage using compressed air, um, but crucially what we do is we retain the heat energy which usually is given away to atmosphere and we capture 99% of that which means we end up with a really great round trip efficiency. The only outputs from our device are cooth, bit of heat and 80% of the electricity that you put in. Wow, that's a bit, big big thing. So you, you've got a unit which compresses the air Yep. and how do you capture the heat and how is that stored? So we, we patented a, a novel compression technology, uh, which basically, if you, if you would take a glass of water and put your hand over the top of that glass of water and keep pumping water into that glass in atomized mist form, then all the heat of compression goes straight into the water. There right. are some physics behind right. all, yeah, all that, that. That makes sense, yes. All, all natural physics, but um, basically what we do is keep all that heat directly in the system. We don't pass it into some third-party sand store or some heat bank mm. or something like that. It stays in the system. And when you want the energy back, you let the gas out of the cylinders, which you've stored, reheat it using that heat energy that you did, and then you push it through a turbo-expander generator. All this kit has been proven over the last 150 years, and it's built to do really harsh environmental work. Now, you're, we've talked about things that are existing. We've talked about bills, we've talked about businesses, and we've talked about existing technologies. This technology is new, and it's in pre-delivery stage. Tell us the kind of people and organizations that are interested in using it. Yeah, any, any large manufacturer who's got a large offtake of electricity, uh, I'm talking up to, say, a megawatt and a half, say they've got um, distribution, and they've got uh, trucks and vehicles that they want to electrify. Now, if you go to your DNO and ask them to, uh, to come and give you a little bit more electricity, uh, we did a study on one particular client, a large supermarket, and they needed to increase their electricity supply on site from 1,500 kilowatts capacity to 10,000 kilowatts. Two problems with that. The DNO can't deliver that until 2035. Mm. And secondly, they have to run a brand DNO for the sorry <laughs> distribution network operator. Yes, yeah, so that, that's your electricity supplier. Yeah. That's your electricity supplier. And the other problem they had is that at that sort of level, they have to run a brand new cable all the way back to the yeah. substation. Yeah. Multi-million pound improvement. Mm. 
Absolutely. Uh, which totally throws the project out of kilter. So what they're doing instead is they're flooding the, the roof of their distribution hub with solar. Yeah. And exactly as Andrew said, time shift that electricity by harvesting and peak shaving and use it to go through your expensive zones and through the night. Exactly what I'm doing at home. Yes. And it does work. I, I can say, just, I mean, mine's a tiny scale, five kilowatts, uh, uh, absolutely tiny scale compared to that. Um, the, um, the issue of cabling up is very important because there are some business parks, I'm on the board of the Development Corporation at Teesside, where they have their own grid and that's fine. But yep. new business parks, developers have to think about this. Are they going to get their electricity supply in? It's a cr crucial thing that you have to think about. Um, if you're going to have to start digging up your uh, concrete plinth and put in new cables, then, then that's going to be a huge cost and a huge, bar huge barrier to, uh, to achieving that. Now, you're on fundraising for the business at the moment. Yes. When do you think you'll be delivering your systems and, and, and how will they be made and manufactured? We're looking to close our fundraiser at the end of March, uh, which is 2.4 million um, to build our first of a kind demonstrator. We have a letter of intent from our supermarket to purchase that demonstrator. Oh, great. Um, and then we expect to build that out in 12 months. It's going to be built in the northeast as far as possible. Good, uh, and good. it's going to be using northeast components. Excellent. So th that's a, f I mean, your, your business history is northeast anyway, isn't it? Yes, your, it is. Your, yeah. your family, what was the family business? So originally it was Dominic Hunter Filters uh, yeah. up at Bertley. Um, yeah. And uh, we have another family business, which is PSI Global, which is at Wynyard. And I know that your board is made up of good northeast business people who are in innovative yes. technologies so great great idea and it's 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 something that is you also talked about um other ways of storing electricity that you're exploring you're looking at gas at the moment is there water and other things are there other ways that that people could store yeah i mean there's there's many ways to store energy there's gravity ways to store energy mm. um there is uh, hydrogen of course uh, mm. although people are let's say the jury's out on hydrogen in terms of the amount of energy required to yeah. to generate Actually, hydrogen yeah. um but so you certainly have brought together multiple ways of storage to deliver the system now lawrence does any of this uh, as someone who runs a coffee roasting business fill you with any um any uh, uh, interest or do you think oh well it's just another new technology to learn it's just something else I, I roast coffee I do PR I don't really want to know all this innovation I just want to get on with it well if it saves us money we will um, I think the, the biggest problem with businesses at the moment are is that they're wounded they're already but they're wounded post post brexit they're wounded post COVID uh, we're, we're struggling to employ people there's a there's a huge recruitment issue and now we've got to become energy experts, along with everything else that we're trying to do as well. And the, the sort of global just-in-time system is broke. So when I'm importing things from Italy or from all over the world, they don't turn up. When they do turn up, they're broke or they're the wrong spec. So there's just there's, there's a lot on with businesses at the moment, and everybody who's in it knows that. So you spend your day firefighting most of the time, and this is yet another thing that we have to learn. I think for the medium and larger-sized businesses, it's probably... They, they have a bit more flexibility. I mean, I, I don't know if you've, York Minster has got planning permission in to put solar panels on the roof of the cathedral, and, and that'll provide something like 80% of their energy needs. And because they get through their, their heating bill, I it think has gone up would. to about just under a million pounds a year um, with, with the current increases. So, um, you know, the, the, the larger organizations are able to do this. And, you know, what, what, what we should be looking to government to do now is not is not knee-jerk. We need a we need a five ten year plan to become energy self sufficient in this country, 
and we need to be you know producing more nuclear power plants we need we need to stop this daft planning permission on um on solar panels and wind turbines and we we need to get on with it um well, let's because see. I, I, I mean, think, you, I think you're absolutely right Lawrence. it would be good if in the budget the chancellor de, de, uh, deregistered or re-registered uh, nuclear as a renewable uh, it made, made it for people who are investing to say, actually, this is a green renewable uh, technology because that, that would certainly increase the investment. Listen, Lawrence, I think you speak for a lot of people in business, but I've got to say I'm pleased that Andrew's on the, on the, on the, on the team and I'm, I'm pleased that Alex is because they're talking about the future and are trying to provide solutions. And John, thanks for keeping us all right. Take, take care, everyone, and thank you for watching us discuss energy from a business point of view. The future isn't that grim when we've got innovators like Alex and Andrew uh, ready to provide new ways of delivering our energy. Catch up with Business Unmuted next week, same time, same place.